Welcome to the Covering Ground podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Wheeler. All my friends call me Wheels, so you can too. And I'm so excited to share this with you. This podcast explores the psychology of action versus inaction, why some people can set goals and achieve them while others can't, and how to start even if you don't know where to begin. You'll be hearing from people at all stages of their journeys, from entrepreneurs just starting out to artists who've achieved unparalleled success. I'll be sharing ideas on how to manage resistance, procrastination, environment, and energy to help you take the steps necessary to get to where you want to be. I'll also be sharing my own journey and the messy behind-the-scenes process you don't always get to see. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get started and cover some ground. Hello, welcome to this week's show. I am super excited to jump into this today because I have struggled with this for a very long time. And it's only been in the recent future that I've been able to get way better at managing this thing. So today's episode is why having too many choices not only makes choosing more challenging, but how it can ultimately make us less happy in the long run. I recently read the book, The Paradox of Choice by Dr. Barry Schwartz. And everything I'll be sharing today is based off of this book. So I'll link it in the show notes. You have access to it and it is definitely worth checking out. So in the paradox of choice, Dr. Schwartz explains why too many choices has proven to be detrimental, not only to our psychology, but our emotional well-being. And he makes a counterintuitive case that eliminating choice can greatly reduce stress, anxiety, and the busyness of our lives. I know for me for so long, I had a hard time choosing what to do with my life, where to live, what I wanted to create, who I wanted to partner up with, what to order when I go to the restaurant, what playlist to listen to when I take a road trip, how I want to shape my business right now as I'm creating it from scratch and growing it, etc. So I could really relate to this as I was reading it. So in this book, Dr. Schwartz gives us two types of choice makers based off the work of Dr. Herbert Simon, who was a political scientist and had worked in cognitive psychology in the 50s. And I want to preface by saying These represent people with the ability to make choices. I know there are many, many humans in situations where they have no choice at all. They don't have options. They're literally just trying to survive. This is a representation of humans who have the privilege of being able to choose. And those two types of choice makers are maximizers and satisficers. So a maximizer is someone who strives to make a choice that will give them the maximum benefit later on, almost to a detriment. They exhaustedly seek to be the best, find the best, do the best. So they're always doing a ton of research, a lot of comparison. They're reading reviews. They're asking friends. They're weighing all the pros and cons. And they're spending tons of time and energy trying to figure out what's best in each choice they have to make, which sets expectations at an almost unreachable level, which can lead to regret and ultimately a less satisfied, less happy outcome. A satisficer is someone who has a standard and criteria for making choices, but they don't obsess over other options. If they find something that meets the criteria, they can make the choice and move on after deciding. They don't need to spend a ton of time and energy trying to make choices. They know that good enough is good enough, and they are typically happier with their outcomes. Now, for so, so long, I was definitely a maximizer. And that's kind of the life we're brought up in now, right? It's like we have so many options to choose from in any area and any focus, When we're choosing colleges, it's not like, I want to go to the good enough college. No, I want to go to the best college with the best programs. Parents don't say, I want the good enough car seat. They want the best car seat. And it can really play into things like, 
What do I want to be when I grow up? What do I want to create? I'm good at everything. I'm a multi-hyphenate. What if I make the wrong choice? Because you have to do the right thing or you'll live with regret for all eternity and ultimately disappointed, which sucks. So if you're one of those people who is a maximizer, I'm going to give you some ways to practice and start to overcome that way of thinking about making choices so you can feel good about what you're choosing and maybe start to make some hard choices that you've been putting off so you can move forward. The first one is choose when to choose. Having a choice is great, but too many choices can lead to overwhelm because it isn't just one thing that you choose that creates a problem. If you're a maximizer, it's all the choices you weigh on a daily basis that accumulate over time. And on the same side, choose when to choose could mean choose when not to choose. I have two examples from my life where I choose not to choose, and those are food and clothes. (laughs) Those things take up so much time in people's minds, especially food And I don't want to have to think about it or make choices every day. So I literally eat the same thing every day, almost to a T. I know that's not for everybody, but it works for me because I know what I like. I know it works in my schedule and for my health. So on a weekly basis, I eat the same breakfast, the same snack, the same post-workout food, the same salad for lunch. And luckily my wife makes dinner, so I don't have to choose there either, which I'm very grateful for. Thank you, wife. Thank you. And then on the weekends... We go out to dinner and I have a few options to choose from, which is fun, but I don't want to make those choices during the week. I have more important things to think about. It's the same for clothes. I'm basically a cartoon character. (laughs) I know what I like and what fits well. So I'll buy the same thing in a few different colors and call it like same for shoes. And I have one hat that I wear all the time that is absolutely disgusting, but it works in my life. So I choose what not to choose so I can spend time making choices on workshops I'm creating, on groups I'm leading. I don't have choice overload on a daily basis. Number two is to establish rules of thumb. So this is just like limiting drinks on a weeknight. You give yourself limits on choices. I know a lot of my New York friends give themselves a two glass of wine limit during the week because they know any more than that will give them the hangover the next day because we're all getting old over here. So we practice limiting, even though we could go on and on because we don't want to feel shitty the next day. So what this could look like for choices is limit the time you give yourself to make a choice. If you are a maximizer, it's possible you won't be completely happy with the choice anyway because you want to make the best right choice and you'll always consider what could have been if you made a different choice. So save yourself the time and energy and cap the time limit. You could also limit the choices you're giving yourself. If you're going shopping, maybe you're only going to two different stores. If you're planning a vacation and you have infinite places to go and a plethora of airlines at different times a year, limit your choices. Beach, mountain, or city. Just pick one and then throw out two choices of places you like to visit and go from there. And that's way easier said than done. I get it. But as you're planning, know you'll be able to choose different choices on the next vacation. All your vacation juices don't get used up on one vacation. Although I understand sometimes funds do. (laughs) But try to limit your choices so you don't have choice overload hangover. Number three is try to satisfy more and maximize less. Good enough is good enough. That doesn't mean you don't have any standards or you don't require a certain level of quality. It means that you are a conscious satisficer. And you need to know what's good enough for you. So when I was creating this podcast at the beginning, I was trying to choose music for the intro. And there are obviously like an infinite number of songs to choose from, which seemed so incredibly overwhelming and so not important. So I thought about what I wanted it to sound like. And my adjectives were something like happy, upbeat, inspiring, or something like that. And I went to a music site where you can 
get the rights to be able to use certain songs. And I literally typed in those three words. And the first song that came up, I clicked on it and I was like, yeah, that sounds like all of those things. And I didn't listen to any other tracks because I know I could go on forever trying to make a choice on this thing that ultimately does not matter. It was good enough for me. Now, if I was in my maximizer tendencies, I could have easily gotten into inaction inertia, which is the feeling that the best is just around the corner. You kind of try to keep the dream alive and you ultimately have so much sunk cost and regret that follows. An example of inaction inertia is... Let's say you live in New York City and you want to buy a mattress, which we all know how exciting that process is. But let's say you go in and you see a mattress you really like and you lay on it and it's good and it's 30% off and you're into it. But it's like the first one you lay on, it's super early in the process. And so you think you could potentially find a better mattress and maybe a better deal. So you keep looking and several weeks go by and you're not finding anything. So you go back to the original mattress but now it's only 10% off. So even though you like the mattress to begin with, if you purchase it, you'll regret not buying it at 30% off. So it's easier to keep looking in hopes that you'll eventually find something which is an action. So then you never make a choice because living with regret is hard. And if you're a maximizer, there's a lot of room for regret because you want the best and you're the one making the choice. So ultimately it will be on you if you feel like you didn't make the right choice. Now, as far as types of regret, There are two big types. One, we all know and love, post-decision regret, like buyer's remorse. You feel bad after your choice because you think about all the attractive qualities of the choice you didn't make. So even if you like your choice to begin with, thinking about the grass greener on the other side leads to dissatisfaction. We all know it. We all do it. The other type that maybe you're not too familiar with, but probably experience all the time unknowingly is anticipated regret. Anticipated regret is anticipating the regret you might feel and weighing your options so much so that it leads to paralysis. Anticipated regret can be much more detrimental than post-decision regret in certain situations because you never end up making a choice. This happens a ton with careers and creation. This is where a lot of people get stuck, including myself, and never end up making a choice, which can be extremely taxing on the psyche and human spirit. I know a lot of times in my life when I had anticipated regret or inaction inertia, I felt really low. I felt really low. It was not a good feeling and it was hard to pull myself out. And I know so many people struggle with that. There's a passage from The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath that says, I saw my life branching out before me like a green fig tree. From the tip of every branch, like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. One fig was a husband and a happy home and children. And another fig was a famous poet and another a brilliant professor. Another fig was Europe and Africa and South America. And another fig was an Olympic lady crew champion. And beyond and above these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting at the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death, just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I would choose. I wanted each and every one of them, but choosing one meant losing all the rest. And as I sat there, unable to decide, The figs began to wrinkle and go black, and one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet. Ugh! Dude, that hit me so hard when I first read it. It's terrifying, and it doesn't have to be that way. To develop a practice of becoming a satisficer not only helps you realize that good enough is good enough, but to me, it also opens the doors of possibility. 
knowing that I can make a choice that will lead to another and I will meet people and make connections that will lead to another is inspiring to me. When I was making the massive choice of choosing my college degree, which at the time was the biggest choice I'd ever made in my life, I really thought that was it. I'm a music educator, but deep in my heart, I knew someday I'd be doing the work I'm currently doing. Little did I know that making the choice to do music education taught me about discipline and practice and being part of an ensemble and how to teach music, which led to teaching fitness, which is a different medium, but the same principles. And teaching fitness took me to New York to work at a unicorn dildo gym and meet some of the most incredible humans on the planet which led me to do nutrition coaching, which I absolutely hated, made that choice, but learned that it wasn't for me. But I'm so glad I did because I learned a ton about the psychology of choices and boundaries and limitations and moderation. And again, having a daily practice, which led me to a coaching group built by ninjas, which led me to start this podcast in business. If I would have had anticipated regret about getting a music degree, I don't know if I'd be doing this work that has nothing to do with music right now. I ended up where I wanted to be by making choices and not looking back. Because if I want to do music again someday, it's always there for me. But I had to make a choice. There are quite a few more examples in the book of how to practice making choices, which you should definitely check out. But I'll leave you with one more. Spend less time thinking about the attractive features with the option that you didn't choose because your thoughts create your emotions. So it's not the outcome or the choice itself. It's what you think about it after the fact or sometimes before the fact. You're not having feelings about the current option you choose. You're having feelings about the story you're creating around the option you didn't choose because you don't actually know if it would have been better or not. It's called counterfactual thinking, which is literally your imagination. It's what you're creating in your head and it does not exist. This is why things like online dating are so brutal, which I'm so fortunate that I have not had to experience. Thank you, eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. Like guy A is rich, guy B is athletic, guy C is funny. So if all those things exist, surely there's a guy that embodies all three of those things. So we hold out and we hold out and we keep swiping and we keep swiping. Or thinking your life would be so different if you just would have gotten a higher paying job. And you can fantasize about all the ways your life would be with more money, but you're only considering the money and not the potential longer hours or a harsher work environment or unfriendly coworkers or how you'll feel in that situation. We have feelings about the stories we tell ourselves, not reality. Try to spend less time thinking if only or what might be, because we rarely spend time thinking about a life that's much worse than the one we have. I know it's cliche as fuck, but a little gratitude journal goes a long, long way. So to recap, choose when to choose or choose when not to choose, set rules of thumb or limitations, try to satisfy more and maximize less and spend less time thinking about what could have been and what might be. I hope that's helpful. If you think someone could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it. If you found this valuable in any way and want to leave a five-star review where you get your podcast, that would be so rad. Remember, friends, when all the costs in time, money, and anguish involved in getting all the information about different options are factored in, satisficing is the maximizing strategy. Make those choices and cover some ground.